0: Good morning, good morning. You are listening to The Mixtape, your essential addition to the never-ending road trip that is parenthood. Presented by The Parent Trip, produced and created by us, your hosts.
1: I'm Sarah Fuller, your mermaid-haired lactation friend.
0: And I'm Olivia Spitzer, the loudest labor doula you've ever met.
1: And together, we're here to talk all things growing and
0: maintaining small humans. Because parenting is a trip. So buckle up, and here we go morning olivia happy st patrick's day
1: uh i see that i do not have to come pinch you
0: <laughs> yep i've got my green shirt and then you can't really tell but there is green on this sock i always felt like that was a cop-out when i was in preschool people being like there's green on my underwear it's like well i'm not gonna check that
1: right i do like the the like one pinky nail polish mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. tricky like i dare you to pinch me (laughs)
0: because then what happens if you pinch somebody wearing green you get pinched back yeah yeah
1: and you get to get like you know mad at them and indignant and right right right. the thing drama
0: (laughs) um hi everybody welcome to the mixtape uh this is a youtube show podcast situation where uh sarah and i talk about all things parenting related pregnancy birth postpartum and beyond presented to you by the parent trip because
1: parenting's a trip. trip
0: super true um and yeah you can like us here you can join us over on patreon we're on facebook we're on instagram we're on all the things So, uh, that out of the way, today's topic, we chose apropos of St. Patrick's Day, and we are doing the concept of work versus luck as it comes to birthing and parenting and all that stuff.
1: Yeah. And I think it's going to be fun to pull that idea into these worlds because it's super, you know, it applies to all walks of life, whether you're a parent or not. Um, but there's all these different little topics that we can talk about in these different categories and how those things can play out.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, when we were when we were scheduling out our uh, episodes and things for the next couple months, um, I came up with the idea of doing work versus luck on St. Patrick's Day, because especially as a labor doula, I see so many instances where outcomes are changed um, either by putting in a little bit more work or by a stroke of luck. And there's really no controlling which way it goes. Um, So sometimes I think that, especially in this country and in this society that we live in, (laughs) we are very prone to thinking that um, everything can be changed by force of will. And um, it's not the case. And
1: like, if I'm, if it's not working, I'm not working hard enough,
0: Right, I'm, I'm failing. Yes. 100% that sense, that feeling. And, um, you know, I, I like to point out the fact that for a lot of times for people, especially um, privileged people, uh, parenthood is the first time they really run up against that cliff face of like, you know, well, like, okay, so like if I not working out this job, I'll just put in a little bit of work and get another job. Or like, if I don't like these roommates, I'll put in a little bit of work and like find a way to move or whatever it is. And sometimes when you come to pregnancy, trying to get pregnant, having your baby, feeding your baby, parenting your children, sometimes that's the first time that you really hit that, like, I can't work my way out of this
1: yeah you can't put your baby on the market and get a new one it <laughs> doesn't work that way
0: no no it's not really socially acceptable
1: <laughs> there's been a few jokes in my house about toddler for sale lately but right don't suggest it
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> my parents always used to say that they would give us to the next person who asked like the next person who said that we were cute it would be like you yeah. <laughs> have her she can go with you yeah <laughs> Um, yeah. So do you have anything you want to start with, Sarah? Should we
1: just... (sighs) Well, I will say, so like from a lactation standpoint, um, there are definitely like from the luck, the luck viewpoint, there are definitely a lot of, um, people out there who kind of get lucky and their anatomy and their baby's anatomy and their support system and all the things. Now, granted, some of those things maybe had some work involved but like comes out and it goes smoothly and
0: easy. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to dig deeper on this with you, Sarah. So yeah. tell me something that is like purely luck based. And because like, when you say support system, I know there's totally elements of work and luck there. Right. So right. like, tell me something that's like purely luck based and something that's like purely, there's something that you can work on, not purely work. because all. Of it okay.
1: Well, so say you were born with older sisters uh, who had breastfeeding experience whether positive or negative negative. Um, and you know if you don't have folks in your life who've been through nursing who can then like give you advice or direct you to the right support like you can't just make sisters pop out of nowhere right you'd have no control over whether your parents had kids or not and they had no control and if they were going to have kids who were going to turn into lactating individuals <laughs> right um, so that would be a big piece of a support system. Like you can create a support system. You can certainly seek out to have other parents in your life. And that could be a work part of having a support system. Um, but you could very well luck into a family, like a large family with lots of people who have experience and who can help, help guide you.
0: Yeah. totally.
1: What else? Uh, <clears throat> there's still some things we don't know about like baby's anatomy and all that development. Um, And I don't know how much we put gen, I mean, genetics is kind of luck, right? Like we don't have, at least at this point, we're not having a lot of control over that. Um, So we think that things like tongue tie potentially have some genetic components to it, but there's nothing you can do about that, right? You can't work yourself during pregnancy out of that. Um, So it's sort of the luck of the draw. And if you get a baby with a very mobile agile tongue or not.
0: Yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. The first thing that I thought of when I was kind of getting ready to jump on here today and talk about work versus luck is I think that a lot of people, especially people who are seeking a vaginal birth after a cesarean, feel like I didn't, I didn't do the work last time. Like this time I'm going to do the work because last time I didn't and it resulted in a cesarean. Um, And that's that is a very understandable viewpoint to come from. And sometimes there are instances where cesareans can be prevented by, you know, being knowledgeable about the way the baby is in the pelvis, like by doing your homework on your provider. Like how how, many, how often does my provider perform a cesarean? Like maybe I don't want this OB. Maybe I want somebody else, right? right. So there are elements that you can do having a doula. A doula reduces your chance of cesarean by 30% just by being in the room. So like, there are things you can do, but then there are also elements that are just luck, right? Like there are, I've seen some babies who are persistently in a position that they're just not going to come out that way. Right. Right. And I've done everything I can. I've got my whole toolbox open. I've got mom upside down. I've got dad (laughs) rubbing her butt. I've got like, you know, we do every single thing. And that baby is like nope, I am not moving. And, you know, we, I was talking to you about this last night, Sarah, but in 2019, um, I called that my, my year of breech babies because I had mm-hmm. my clients, I had six clients with breech babies in 2019. It was crazy.
1: Um, a lot of breech babies.
0: Yeah. Another <laughs> doula in town told me I need to change the name of my business to ask first doulas. Um, <laughs> cause I had all these breech babies, but I heard a provider at one point while I was dealing with all these breech babies say, sometimes babies are breech for a reason, and we won't know it until they're born. And what she meant by that was sometimes there's a placenta blocking their way to be able to rotate. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they have a really short cord, and they're being as close to the placenta as possible so as to be safe in utero. Yeah. you know, sometimes there's just, there are reasons why they just don't go that way. And that can feel like a stroke of bad luck. But at the end, like in the case of a short umbilical cord, it's, it's, it's a stroke of good luck, right? We don't want to put you through the perp- the the whole process of labor in order to then your baby just can't descend, right? Like right. if your baby's staying breached because their umbilical cord is not going to let them go through your birth canal, then like... Then that's your baby looking out for you, right? Right. So um, so there can be this like this sense of like, if I had worked harder, if I had known this, if I had known that, I could have changed the outcome. And it's a it's a hard line to walk because sometimes you can change the outcome and sometimes you can't. And so it's like, how far do you take yourself in that work? And that's something that I like to talk to my clients about kind of ahead of time when it specifically when it comes to birth around the idea of especially like people are trying to avoid a cesarean people are trying to avoid an epidural that kind of thing which is that um at the end of the day it's always you always have a choice I never want anyone to feel backed in a corner like in a binary position of like either I have to do this or I have to live with some dire consequences and so uh so part of it is like the work that you do I'm, I don't know if I'm making any sense while I'm talking about this. I'm sorry. But the work <laughs> you do is in recognizing the fact that you have a toolbox ahead of you. And when yeah. you get to the bottom of the toolbox and you've used it all, that then at the bottom is, is your choice to have a cesarean, to use an epidural, to whatever it is, right? So yeah. you've done the work of knowing that you've tried and then accepting the fact that at the end, you need a little support or you need some help bringing this baby here, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, sometimes you can do the work and that's that luck piece, right? Like no matter how much work you do, you may not be able to change the situation. There are still choices. There's still options that can make things better. But like, that's that luck, right? You did everything you could. What are you going to do? And that actually reminded me a lot about um, the journey a lot of parents go through with milk supply.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Some people's bodies just can't, produce as much milk as others. Some people produce way more than they need. And that seems to be a pretty luck-based thing as far as I can tell. Like, it's not like those people with tons of milk were pumping during pregnancy to prepare or um, taking a breastfeeding class. Like that's not gonna make you have a bigger milk supply.
0: Right, changing their diet dramatically or-
1: Right. Now, there are certainly things you can do, right? Anything that reduces inflammation is great. Once baby's here, not nursing on a schedule and like just following baby, it's cues. Like there are things you can do to boost supply or to lower supply, depending on what your issue is. And that's, you know, we're getting support and using those options that you have comes into play. But there are people out there who, who can't make enough milk. And I don't want to say that to scare people because I feel like that number is lower than our society tells us.
0: Than we think it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like I feel like generally... When you see people freaking out about nursing issues it's it's almost always supply issues um and this feeling of like what if i can't what if i just can't what if i'm not good enough and it's not it's mostly not going to be your body it's mostly going to be something we can work on
0: right
1: i'm going to say mostly milk supply is something we can work on once you're in it not ahead of time so the luck part is like what your anatomy gives you right The work is what we can put into it with what we know about lactation and how that works and making you as rested and calm and nourished as possible. Um, but there, there are going to be those cases kind of at the bottom where it's like, you have done everything you can, you have done so much good for your baby. Every ounce of breast milk they get is great. There's nothing else we can do. And that's, that's just reality for some people.
0: Yeah, totally. And then, you know, when you go into parenting, like as your kids get bigger, Mm -hmm. there's so much luck and honestly, your kid's personality that affects what is available to you when it comes to sleep, when it comes to (laughs) like starting solid foods and like whether or not your kid is a picky eater, Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to potty training, like all of these things that you deal with as a parent, as your kid gets bigger has a bit to do with some work, some preparation on your part, right? Like how do you lay the groundwork for them? And so much of it is like what they bring to the table.
1: Yeah. I mean, the sleep thing just hits a nerve because none of my kids are good sleepers. (laughs) But but like they just came out that way. Like sure, I could have potentially done, you know, we chose a certain route for parenting our children through sleep um, than other families did, and, and maybe that might have changed things a little bit. But there I have known people whose kids come out good sleepers. And I always looked at them like, <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> but nothing. I did nothing. It was just luck.
0: Right. Those are the kids you got.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, I will say they've been wonderful, healthy eaters who like vegetables and things. I've heard like you get one or the other. I don't think right. that that's actually scientifically true, but <laughs> yeah, there's
0: that there's that luck piece, right? It's like people trying to, especially in a society like ours that tells you everything is work. Everything is, you have not worked hard enough, right? Whereas like, you know, these things that we come up with to cope, which is that like, well, my kid's a good sleeper. So of course I'm not going to be able to get them to eat anything other than chicken nuggets. Right. right?
1: Oh, man, the other one that just popped into my head was um, kids luck with their, like, little toddler, excuse me, bodies, like, out of my three kids, one of them had, like, three fairly major injuries by the time she was three, and the other two, well, one of them had one, but, like, it was kind of all over the place, right? It wasn't that all three, like, I did fairly similar parenting, and it wasn't that, like, I was super fixated on my first kid not my third, it was the middle one, right? Who kept climbing things and falling and just luck. I mean, like the the big injury that knocked out her two front teeth, she, we had bunk beds and she had actually fallen from the top before without any injury whatsoever. And it was just bad luck in this case where she fell halfway off the ladder in just the wrong way. Sorry, I'm mixing up my injuries. This was her arm, not her teeth. (laughs) Good grief. Um, but yeah, she like fell halfway, you know, it's like half the distance she'd ever fallen before without any problems. And it just was the wrong way to land. And it broke both bones in her front arm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but neither of my other kids have ever broken a bone. And like, she dropped a brick on her toe at one point and lost a toenail. And like I referenced, she lost her two front teeth from an injury. So like this kid just was like, we called her our ER kid for a little while. <laughs> She is the one who is stealing my nerves for, I don't know what.
0: For more life with her. Yeah.
1: Which luckily that seems to have, where's some wood, tapered off. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but like there was, there was not a difference in my parenting from first kid to second kid to third kid that could have changed, like no amount of hovering could have changed the number of injuries these kids have had in my life. It's just their, their luck and their you know, willingness to climb things and
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. definitely something else that I think about when it comes to luck. And this is a hard one is like fertility journeys, right? Mm. Is like, there are, there are people who, you know, um, they say like, I get pregnant the second he looks at me, that kind of thing. Um, and then there are people who, you know, go through testing, go through all of this work and find, you know, like there's, we can't find any reason why you're not getting pregnant, but Mm -hmm. it's not happening.
1: Yeah. I mean, every story that I've read around folks trying really hard to get pregnant, like it's very clear that work is not what's lacking there. Yeah. Like they're busting their tail to have a baby.
0: Yeah, totally. And, and pursuing every avenue you know so yeah and um, then there's the other end the people that are like
1: i got pregnant on birth control right That's that's not a great one either
0: exactly i have a friend who uh she when her little sister was born the joke in their family was that she was gonna like take humanity to mars or solve cancer or something because she was birth control condom and plan b she like pushed through all of it they were like, okay, this girl's got to be here. We don't know what she's <laughs> going to do, but she's important to the survival of the human race.
1: That's amazing. I love that.
0: <sighs> yeah. Um, the other thing I thought of when it comes to, like, pure luck is uh, placenta previa. So placenta mm-hmm. pervia is when the placenta grows over the cervix at the bottom of the uterus. And it makes uh, vaginal delivery impossible because there is... The doors, the book, what does Gandalf say? The way is shut. Like (laughs) the door is closed. Um, and that can be really heartbreaking for people to like, that can be, that can be really hard to deal with too, to recognize that they're like, there is no work. There's no, like, if you eat a lot of spinach, your placenta will move. There is no, like, let's do spinning babies three times a day to get your placenta to shift. Like either placentas move or they don't. And, um, That can be really hard for people to take, too, is the idea that, like, there is no work to do, that it really is just lack of the draw.
1: I will say, though, at that point, and I feel like this is a huge lesson just for parenting in general, there is a point where you have to recognize that this is out of my control and the work to be done is internal and emotional, um, and it's no longer, I can fix this physically. I have to come, you know, so like, that's a big piece of lactation care is that sometimes it's time to say goodbye and to stop killing yourself to do this thing. Um, And sometimes that's the right choice. And so then the work becomes a weaning without getting mastitis or clogged up, but also the emotional work of saying, I did enough. I have done, I've given you so much. I gave all of my love on top of the actual milk that I gave you. And I did everything I can. And now it's time to move on. And then that can allow our relationship to grow because I'm no longer stressing about this thing. I can't, I have, I can't control.
0: Right, right, right. I have more in me to give you in other ways. Yeah. No, you're totally right. The emotional work is there a hundred (laughs) percent. Yeah.
1: I just kept thinking (laughs) when you were talking about the placenta previa, I was like, it's not like these people like sleep upside down. And that's the reason.
0: Right. No. Cause we
1: always no try way. to put blame on ourselves. We do. Um, and it's not like you did this thing where it's like, well, if you hadn't done so many handstands.
0: Right. Exactly. You weren't <laughs> a silk aerialist through yeah. your entire pregnancy. You know? Yeah. 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 No, cause it's just, it's just not. And that's, and you know, that's something that I feel like when I was, when I was in childcare, when I did in-home nanny work, Something I always joked about with the families that I worked with, too, is that, like, you're always going to get the kid that gives you the emotional work. So if you're somebody who, like, you're like me, like... I live on a schedule. I like to have my plans. I like this. I like that. I like to like know what's going on. Then, like you are very likely to get a kid who does not thrive on a schedule and Uh really wants to do their own thing. And similarly, vice versa. If you are really go with the flow, like you don't need a schedule, you're going to get a kid who needs that regimented routine, right? And that's just like that's just the law of parenting. Is that like it's always going to be pushing you? It's always going to be challenging you. There's mm-hmm. not going to be a like. Well, I'm this way. My kid's exactly that way. We fit together perfectly, and here we go forward into the sunset of our lives together. <laughs> the joke yeah. in our house, because I'm an extreme extrovert, as is my husband. Um, the joke in our house is that we're going to end up with an introverted kid, and we're going to be like, "Are um, did you have a bad day?" And the kid's going to be like, "You know what? Actually, I think I just need some space." And we'll be like, "Okay, okay, we're, we'll give you <laughs> space." And it just, both of us, it's gonna be terrible.
1: <laughs> oh man, yeah, and like those personalities don't always line up with what you wanted either. Like, I know I've heard of people who really wanted to bed share with their baby, and their baby was just like, Nope, if we do this, I don't sleep, but if you put me over there by myself, I'll sleep. Yeah, and you just don't always get to it's so much about just letting go of control and, um. And that's one of the big things about support systems, whether it's your family or getting um, a support team, whether it's a doula, lactation consultant, um, midwife, whatever, is that they can help you. uh, They have more experience at it, so they can help you dissect really much faster which things to let go of and which things you can keep pushing hard on. Mm
0: -hmm. Very true. Very true. Can you think of an example when it comes to lactation?
1: Milk supply is a big one. Um, You know, a lot of times someone will tell me they're or worried about their milk supply and we'll talk about it. And I can say, Oh, well, you know, you should be nursing in the middle of the night and you should drop the fenugreek. And like, there can be action items versus like they're already, you know, nursing on demand and they're already eating a low inflammation diet and they're already doing all the things. And sometimes it's just like, now is the time that we let go because baby's weight and baby's health matters more than this attachment to, I must feed 100% from my body. Yeah. It's time to let go.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, I've already talked a little bit about breech babies. I think that can be something that specifically American hospital medicine will tell you, your baby is breech, let's schedule a cesarean. Yeah. So it can be nice to have professionals in your life who say, whoa, 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 let's hold up before we schedule that cesarean. Let's get you into chiropractic care. Let's get you to an acupuncturist. I'm going to teach you these three things that you're going to do every day to kind of help that baby move. You know, Mm -hmm. we're going to get you in a pool. Like I've got like this whole, like, I've got my, like, all right, your baby's breech. I'm going to put on my proverbial backpack and we're going to, we're going to do this, you know? So that can be nice to have somebody be able to give you action items. And then at some point, there's just always that, that day where you go in for an ultrasound to be like, did, did it work? Did it work? Did it not? We're going to find out. We tried everything.
1: Um, and there's circumstances, right. With labor, like say with preeclampsia, right. Where like, you're looking at the signs, you're watching all the signs and it's really nice to have a professional tell you like, this is the point where we let go. We can't, we can't risk health anymore. Like this is the time to, to not do, there's no more work to be done.
0: Right. Yeah, totally. And I think when it comes to physical work versus emotional work, Mm -hmm. I think that part of it is, you know, I was at a birth where the baby, Um, essentially it's called transverse arrest and it's where the baby is head down coming through the birth canal and turns their head in such a way in the birth canal that they are just not going to be able to move forward. Hmm. Um, And the OB diagnosed transverse arrest and um, my client was really devastated at the idea of having a cesarean birth. And so I asked as her doula, like, do we need to go right now? Like how much time do we have? And the OB said, nobody's in danger. Like the baby's heart rate is fine. She's doing fine. Like how much time do you need? So we asked for three hours hmm. and you know, I did for an hour and a half, I did all of the things that I knew how to do to try and fix transverse arrest. And we got, she got checked and we saw whether or not that changed anything and it hadn't. So then we took an hour for the two of them. Like I left the room I and they got half an hour alone. And then I came back in and we all processed and we spent like an hour talking about it. And then she took a nap for half an hour. And then we woke her up and we're like, okay, let's go meet your baby. Um, And half of that was physical work and half of that was emotional work. And they were both necessary for her to move forward, feeling good about meeting her baby via a belly birth.
1: Yeah. 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 That's so great. That emotional work is so it's so important. And when we focus so much on the physical work and what I can do to like, I'm going to barrel through this, I'm going to push, you know, it's like, uh, with my first kid, it was like cringe worthy every time we would go to nurse. Um, and I just was like white knuckling through it. Right. And there's a point where you have to realize like, this is not serving us anymore. It's time to let go and get help or let go either way. Like in my case, I needed help and I didn't get it, which is how I ended up here. (laughs) Um, you know, but there's a, it's, it's really important to know that time to let go of like whatever luck or physical work has given us, this is what we got. And it's time to move on to the emotional work part because we need to let go.
0: Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Do you have any, this is, this is unscripted, unprepared for, sorry, Sarah. (laughs) Do you have any, uh, like lucky things that you do? Like, if you know somebody who's struggling or if you're struggling, is there something? I'll start to give you time to think, okay? Okay. So, um, I have a uh, a necklace that has a pendant on the end of it that has, like, a hand reaching out of the water to grab the moon. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, the pendant is meant to, like, signify being unafraid, is the idea. is like reaching for something and being unafraid. Um, Mm -hmm. And I wear that necklace to every birth. That I go to. And it's just like my little piece of luck. For my clients. To go into. This experience unafraid. And so like that's what I do. That's, that's a silly little thing. That I do. But I wear it to every birth.
1: I'm trying to think if I do. I don't think I do. I mean I was definitely raised in a way that was like. No superstitious stuff. Like that stuff's not real. It's actually scary. <laughs> um, so I'm trying I'm trying to think, like, I definitely, a lot of times when I'm driving to a home visit, I tend to not listen to things like I normally would um, and really try to center um, on the outcome and that kind of stuff. But as far as, like a, like, a talisman or or an action, like, not really.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, if those of you watching have any kind of, like, work versus luck stories that you want to share with us, please put them in the comments. Um, I know someone who had a birthing necklace that she had made for her first baby that she wore to the births of all three of her kids. Um, and that was her lucky talisman. I had a mm-hmm. client who had, they had a sisterhood of the traveling hospital gown. And, like, <gasps> they had a hospital gown that they sent among their friends. And so oh, when the time she wore it, she was like, this gown's been at three births. And that was super cool. So like, do you have a talisman? Do you have something that you do to kind of bring that extra element of luck? To what you're doing with parenting, we'd love to hear about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: that's really cool.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. There's a what is that? There's a cool tradition that some folks have of like kind of maybe not in lieu of a baby shower, but like kind of supplemental as they get together. Like they're
0: talking about the red, the red string.
1: No, I don't even know this one. I was thinking about like people come together and they bring like charms and beads and stuff and they make a necklace together, like as part of, and then they wear it during the birth.
0: I love that. The deal with the red string, and I've had a couple of friends who do this um, or have done this. And I know that it's pretty popular right now is that you get together with a close group of friends as you get close to your delivery date and you take like a red string, like a long one, and everybody ties a piece of it around their wrist. And the idea of it is that everybody wears that and does not take it off until the baby is born. And so like, Both parents have it and all like they're, they're like the community that's holding them up has it so that everybody, you know, like, and if, if you are people who choose to be like, Hey, we're going to the hospital. This is happening. People are able to like send you love through this thing that everybody has the same piece of, but mostly it's like this big moment of like, okay, I'm going to send out the text. Everybody cut your strings. She's here. He's here. Like we did it.
1: I love it. I haven't heard of that one. It's really cool. I think it's great. Yeah. Well, I don't wear
0: a red string for anybody. So if somebody wants to invite me to their red string circle, just saying, it's like (laughs) on my bucket list. I want to go to a twin's birth. I want to go to a breech vaginal birth. I want to wear a red string. These are things that are on my bucket list.
1: I'm not going to be able to help you out.
0: (laughs) Sorry. That's fair. fair. (laughs) No twins in your future, Sarah?
1: (laughs) No babies of any type. That's fair. <laughs> Three is enough. <laughs> okay. Also, he's four. So, like, I'm not ready. Diving back into babyhood would not. No.
0: <laughs> not exciting.
1: No. I just yeah. want to smuggle everybody else's babies. <laughs> and, and then, then, then we go home. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope that we get to hear some more really cool things. Like, I'd never heard the Red String one before. So, if you if you have some things like that, I would love to hear about them.
0: Yeah, totally. And uh, happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody! Hope you enjoy a a whiskey and some good luck today. Thanks for watching.
1: If you love what we're up to, we hope so. And you want to hang out with us more, we like you too. Wherever you're watching or listening, you should be sure to subscribe so you'll get notified when we post something new. Be the person in the know. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Parent Trip PDF. Virtual Connection is just so in these days. And if you really like us. I mean, why wouldn't you? Olivia. Okay. You can support us through our Patreon. We do resource fairs, informational panels, and our conversation series all for free, so
0: anyone can access it. That is actually super important to us. So by joining our Patreon, you make more content possible. And make our hearts very glad. Thanks.